it's time for the flyover. Welcome back to the Flyover Review, a member of the Heartland Pod family of podcasts and a look at Heartland news from 30,000 feet. From the Gateway Arch to the Rocky Mountains, I'm your host, Bob Hatley, joined by my co-host, Sean Diller. Sean, you ready to start this show? Is America ready for Ted Cruz to put some goddamn pants on? Ted Cruz just saw Space Jam for the first time and 50 years old and thinks he can play basketball. (laughs) But yeah, let's start the show. Charlie Kirk's pro-Trump youth group stokes vaccine resistance as COVID surges again. Turning Point USA and its affiliates are urging students to resist mandates and spreading baseless claims about medical raids as part of a bid for donations. Text messages announcing Kirk as their author warned that President Biden is sending goons door-to-door to make you take a COVID-19 vaccine. Facebook ads from Kirk's tax-exempt nonprofit insist the government has no right to force you to inject yourself with an experimental vaccine and say the best response to outreach about the shots is to lock your doors, kids. Experts say the messages, many of which steer online audiences to donation pages, threaten to undermine vaccine confidence among young people who have already proved particularly reluctant to roll up their sleeves, and they could incite conflict over vaccine requirements as students return to campuses, wrestling with how to safely reopen this fall, with some battling it in court to require vaccination. The messages from his group stand out especially now because they're discordant with a chorus of establishment GOP voices speaking with new urgency in favor of immunization as the Delta variant strikes hardest in red states. While former President Donald Trump, speaking at a weekend rally hosted by Turning Point Action in Phoenix, said he would recommend attendees take the vaccines, others have spoken out more forcefully. Rep. Steve Scalise of Louisiana, the number two House Republican, said he got the vaccine this month because of the Delta variant. Sarah Sanders, a former White House press secretary for Trump and now a candidate for governor in Arkansas, wrote an op-ed over the weekend urging readers to get the Trump vaccine. Turning Point USA, which is registered as a type of nonprofit that cannot engage in political campaigning, raised nearly $40 million in the 12 months ending July 2020, according to its most recent public tax filing. Kirk drew a salary of more than $325,000 from the group and related organizations that year, the filing shows. Turning Point Action, set up by Kirk as a social welfare organization in 2019, allowed more leeway politically but is still barred from making politics its primary focus and in return is also exempt from federal income tax. So I've always said Sarah was my favorite Huckabee. (laughs) But I don't know if this is my favorite Kirk. I I do heart most Huckabees, but uh, Kirk is my least favorite Kirk for sure. Missouri Attorney General threatens lawsuit over new mask mandates. Attorney General Eric Schmidt Republican of Missouri has once again started filing lawsuits against government officials reinstating mask mandates. Yesterday, after Kansas City Mayor Quentin Lucas introduced a new indoor mask mandate for the city because of the Delta variant, Schmidt said he planned on filing a lawsuit against Kansas City. The Attorney General believes that setting new mask mandates is impeding on Missourians' freedom and plans on doing anything he can to stop another mandate from being set. On Monday, he filed a lawsuit against St. Louis County to stop the mask mandate that it had announced last week. 
The threat of another lawsuit didn't seem to deter Mayor Lucas, though, as he set a mask mandate for Kansas City starting on Monday, August 2nd. In an attempt to try and discuss the legal concerns he had, Lucas reached out to Eric Schmidt, but apparently he was too busy to discuss the well-being of Kansas Cityans in a mature way. Probably also pretty busy campaigning for Senate in a doomed, doomed attempt to uh, (laughs) go to Washington, D.C. Make those masks his primary tasks. Hey folks, it's Adam Summer from the Heartland Pod. Just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the Heartland Pod on Twitter. You can also go to our website, heartlandpod.com, to check out all of our shows. And make sure you click the button in the middle of the screen to go to our shop. Get yourself a Heartland mug, a Heartland tote, a Heartland shirt. Check them out. Good stuff, and it helps us put on these shows. So if you like the content that you're getting, if you like what we're putting out, that's where you can help us do that. Now, let's get to the rest of the show with Sean and Bob? What? Bob? Hmm. Well, here's the lightning round. Lightning round. Kansas District Attorney refuses to prosecute violations of new law that halted voter registration. Douglas County District Attorney Suzanne Valdez says she won't prosecute anyone under a new state law that caused nonprofits to halt voter registration efforts at the end of July. The legislation includes a provision that makes it illegal for individuals to engage in conduct that would cause someone to believe that they are an election official. Valdez said the law is vague and subjective and that it is already illegal to impersonate an election official. Douglas County District Attorney Suzanne Valdez says a new voting law is vaguely written and intended to weaken voter registration laws. She will refuse to file charges for any of the law's provisions. The inevitable effect of the law is to weaken voter engagement efforts. This is not a partisan issue, Valdez said. This law criminalizes essential efforts by trusted nonpartisan groups like the League of Women Voters to engage Kansans on participation in accessible, accountable, and fair elections. It is too vague and too broad and threatens to create felons out of dedicated defenders of democracy. Jill Jess, a spokeswoman for Valdez, said the district attorney's office would refuse to prosecute anybody under any other provision of the new law, which also deals with signature matching, tampering with mail-in ballots, and obstructing election workers. The Douglas County District Attorney's Office is focused on real issues of public safety and justice, Jess said. This is a law looking for a problem and much of what it covers is already covered by other statutes. Leaders of the nonprofits said they, d- they, still feel, they still don't feel comfortable engaging with voters in Douglas County, even with the district attorney's blessing. This doesn't change anything for us at this time, said Jacqueline Lightcap, co-president of the League of Women Voters of Kansas. We feel there are still many unknowns related to this law and look forward to getting clarity soon. Davis Hammett, president of Loud Light, said Attorney General Derek Schmidt's office, which is defending the lawsuit, also has the authority to file charges for violations of the new law. That's Kansas's Attorney General Derek Schmidt, not Missouri's Attorney General Eric Schmidt. (laughs) (laughs) Not to be confused. Uh, I'm glad that District Attorney recognizes that these laws are overly broad, unconstitutional voter suppression laws, but the attorney general would still be able to prosecute these, Hammett said. You would, have, you would still have the situation where police officers can't arrest you. Hammett said the stakes are too high. Under the law, false representation of an election official is a felony crime with a punishment of up to 17 months in prison and a $100,000 fine. 
We'd be in a different position if it's like a parking ticket, but it's nothing like that, Hammett said. The GOP-led legislature capitalized on the outcry over former President Donald Trump's lies about widespread voter fraud. There were no problems with Kansas elections last year, and the changes in law do not address the known security vulnerabilities or extraordinarily rare examples of voter fraud in Kansas. Governor Laura Kelly vetoed the bill, but was overridden by two-thirds GOP majority in both chambers. Yeah, I really hope that the Douglas County DA is joined by others in a position to push back against this really misguided law that is targeting people like the League of Women Voters, really nice folks who volunteer to keep our democracy on the rails. Warrensville Heights, Ohio, Councilman switches endorsement from Chantel Brown to Nina Turner and invites others to do the same. Warrensville Heights Councilman Walter Stewart has switched his endorsement from Cuyahoga, Cuyahoga Councilwoman Chantel Brown to former state senator and chair of Bernie Sanders' political chair of Bernie Sanders' presidential campaign in the Ohio 11th congressional race. In a video posted to YouTube by Turner's campaign, Stewart said his change of heart was the result of negative campaign ads and the flow of dark money to Northeast Ohio, which he said was prioritizing corporate interests over the people. We need someone who's going to stick with the issues, Stewart said, and that person is Nina Turner. Stewart is from Chantel Brown's home community of Warrensville Heights, also the political birthplace of Marsha Fudge, and he encouraged other elected leaders there and elsewhere to consider changing their endorsement. You have to have a conviction, he said. You have to have a concern for the people. Stewart's endorsement came on the heels of Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's appearance in Cleveland this weekend on behalf of the Turner campaign. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison, Congresswoman Cori Bush, and Senator Bernie Sanders will also be traveling to Cleveland for get-out-the-vote events in support of Turner in the coming days. This weekend, local pastor Bishop Tony Minor penned an op-ed in The Plain Dealer condemning the abundance of dark money in the special election and what he characterized as unethical tactics by Chantel Brown's campaign. He later came out in support of Turner. Chantel Brown notched a number of new endorsements in recent days herself. Community actress Yvette Nicole Brown, who hails from East Cleveland, released a video in support of Chantel Brown, saying she's the candidate who would work with Biden and deliver for the district. The Brown campaign also announced the endorsements of Ohio State Rep. Casey Weinstein and New York Congressman Gregory Meeks last week. An Aurora, Colorado police officer quits days after release of video showing him beating a man with a pistol during an arrest. An investigation will still be conducted into John Hobart's use of force after body camera footage showed him beating a man with a pistol 13 times. John Hobart submitted his letter of resignation Wednesday, according to a news release from the Aurora Police Department. Hobart was arrested Tuesday on suspicion of attempted first-degree assault, second-degree assault, and menacing, days after he struck Kyle Maurice Vinson with his pistol, choked him, and threatened to kill him while responding to a trespassing call on July 23rd. In body-worn camera footage released from the department, Vinson is heard crying, You're killing me! before Hobart grabs him by the throat and chokes him until he has trouble breathing. Vinson, 29, is not seen making any threats toward Hobart. An internal investigation into Hobart's misconduct and his use of force on Vinson will continue. Results from the investigation will be presented to Police Chief Vanessa Wilson, who will then make the final decision as to what discipline Hobart would have received if he had not resigned. 
The chief's decision will be made public, the release stated. Hobart is due in Arapahoe County District Court for a bond hearing set for August 9th. Lock him up. Well, that's all the time we have. Thanks for joining us. If you have a story you feel we should look into and possibly highlight on the show, tweet us at at the Heartland Pod and visit us for links to all of our shows and our merchandise shop at heartlandpod.com. The Flyover View is a production of MinMap Media, LLC. This week's episode featured reporting from the Washington Post, Kansas Reflector, Cleveland Scene, and Colorado Sun. Remember to subscribe so you get this show and all our Heartland Pod offerings with new episodes released Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks for joining us, and see you next week. Same time, same place. Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's Flyover View. We'll see you Monday for the Heartland Pod.